welcome, welcome, guys, to Cut the Curve, Episode 9, where I interview moguls, mentors, and entrepreneurs. I'm Flip. I've been in the real estate game now 23 years in Arizona, and I'm happy to have our first virtual podcast from, I believe it's near San Francisco or in San Francisco, California, Elisa, um, and she... Under Instagram is at Transform Real Estate, and we'll share all her links at the end of uh, the show here, guys. But I'm very happy to have her. We met a couple years ago on Instagram, mm -hmm. and she is a master of flipping homes and networking. So I've been following her. She's got a new book out. Um, so glad to have you here, Elisa. Thank you, Matt, for having me. Hi, everyone. My name is Alisa. I'm a house flipper and real estate developer in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I'm very glad to be here today to um, share a little bit about myself with you guys. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and I wanted to find out, um, Alisa, where your journey began in entrepreneurship and real estate. Kind of uh, share with the viewers your background and how you became an entrepreneur entrepreneur did you grow up in that type of environment or where did your your journey yeah. start in the entrepreneur space <laughs> yeah i actually never thought i was going to um start my own business until i actually started it <laughs> i like growing up i was always on the path um where i go to a good school and um, have good grades. And then I was going to work for a, a Fortune 500 company until I retire. <laughs> that was always sure. the path that I was going to go on. And um, so I was working in tech for many, many years. And then um, I just, I, I was not passionate about my job. I was not motivated. I wanted to try something new and I want to find my passion. And that's when I, I found real estate. I started investing in real estate back in 2012 when okay. I purchased my first home. Um, it was a small condo in San Francisco and I decided to house hack with it. So I lived in one bedroom and rented out the other bedroom. And then... After a couple of years, I was able to borrow a HELOC from my first home because the value of my home was appreciating really quickly. So I used the HELOC to purchase my first rental property in the South Beach in San Francisco. And from there, um, I basically remodeled both places, turned fixer the fixer uppers into um, really beautiful homes and then i started watching hgtv and i realized that uh, what they do in flip or flop or fixer uppers is exactly what i was doing with my properties so i decided to um, look into house flipping Amazing. and i started um i i did my first flip um in 2017 and I was still working a full-time job back then. I, I really love flipping houses. I love real estate, but I just didn't have the gut to quit my job. So mm. I, I, was, <laughs> I was really- uh, And I a really lot of viewers to... are like that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really hard. That's... 
it's tough because you have a stable income exactly yeah Uh and uh secure false security maybe because you know i don't know what company you work for but i was in corporate too and they were always changing it sales executive changing managers and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um that was the same thing i felt where like it just wasn't my passion either like Mm -hmm. selling payroll service i worked for adp it's a fortune 100 company and i went in and just just didn't have that in my stomach to keep Mm -hmm. making money for others too so Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, very common, Elisa. So growing up, you got your degree, you got your education formal, Mm -hmm. and that was kind of what was probably expected of you growing Mm -hmm. in your family. Mm -hmm. And you go work for someone for 20, 30 years, or you start your own business. Um, So with that decision, how long between when you first felt it, like, hey, this isn't my passion to making the change in your life to go into real estate full time? It was probably um, four or five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from yeah. like when I bought my first home, I, I enjoy investing in real estate, but I just didn't have the gut to to pull the trigger. It's scary, right? It's scary because you have a mortgage, (laughs) you have expenses. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. And the great thing about corporate America that we always talk about, though, Elisa, is the fact that you have good W-2 income. So with W-2 income, you could, especially, you know, being younger, maybe in your 20s, never bought a home, you could qualify much easier as an owner occupied, Mm -hmm. you could house hack like you did. So there's a lot of ways Mm -hmm. to get into real estate when you do have that W2, because I did the same thing. I was able to buy, you know, three or four homes before Mm -hmm. I left corporate America because I had good, you know, six figure income and out here in Arizona Mm -hmm. that used to buy, buy a lot. But, um, so Mm -hmm. that's the thing I would highly recommend folks. Um, because in, in everyone, it's a personal decision too, but um, I just feel you have to do what you're passionate about too. And sometimes it's hard mm-hmm. when you're tied down to this job that they expect you to work. It's not 40 mm-hmm. hours. It, it was probably, I don't know how many hours you were working in your, with your tech tech company, but I'm sure it was more than 40 Nine hours. Nine to five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I, I I wasn't working that much, but it's just I was You were not... fortunate then. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So 2012 you house hacked, which I don't know if people knew about house hacking or what it was back then. I didn't then, but... know it was called house hacking. I just mm-hmm. knew that's what I wanted to do. I just knew that the tenant helps me pay down the mortgage. And later on, I learned about the the term house hacking. Yes. Yeah. I did the same thing when I, I would, must've been 24, 25 when I got out of uh, college and I was single and I, I did the same thing. So in Scottsdale, I rented out. So what house hacking is guys, for you guys that don't know, you own the property and then you rent out the other rooms. And that basically paid my mortgage in that home in Scottsdale. I don't know 
you know, how many roommates you had, but it was great because we were all young professionals and no one was mm -hmm. even at the house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I, my place was only two bedroom, two bath. So I rented okay. out one bedroom, one bathroom. Okay. Yeah. Um, Excellent. it was probably two thirds. The, the rent covered almost two thirds of the mortgage. That's, that's very good good advice for folks watching to mm -hmm. to house hack because again two-thirds that's that's a big savings because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. just just starting out too, the mortgage you don't want to get into something when you're real young and you have the pressure of paying so much every month for your mortgage because there's so many other things that you need money for so i know a lot of people mm -hmm. will overextend and buy a bigger house and then most of their income is going to mortgage so if you can house hack it's a great way to get in the game like you did mm -hmm. yeah so for sure th did you have partners back then or was that like our mentors or anyone to explain obviously you created that house hack on your own but from there did you start reading up on real estate or how did your progression go elisa um, I, so from there, I just, um, started, I purchased my first rental property after two years. And then mm -hmm. I, um, my then boyfriend, now husband helped me remodel the place and we did a DIY remodel on the rental. Nice. Yeah. It was so much work. <laughs> it was crazy. And <laughs> it's more work I don't than recommend you, it. <laughs> you could ever imagine because right now um i'm living in the luxury airbnb that we're creating and it's sometimes you know we have help doing the work but like living in a house and trying to renovate is it's a little stressful at times and that's mm -hmm. you know and it's a lot of and work doing the, doing the work all by yourself is really it takes much longer it's really stressful because we were both working full-time Oh. We only had the weekends to, to work on the property. So it took uh, two months. Uh -huh. I think if we hired professionals, it would have been done in like a couple of weeks. Isn't that interesting? You try to save a few dollars, but like in the long run, the stress, yeah, is it really it. worth it? <laughs> yeah. No. Like, just pay the no. professionals. They'll be done in two uh -huh. to three weeks. The quality uh -huh. is probably going to be better too, because they, they do this every day. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And we would have been able to start getting rent sooner. Yeah. So it's always interesting to look back at those things. And that's what mm -hmm. cut the curves about. Like, how can we help the audience do certain things that like we made a lot of, I know I've made a lot of mistakes, you know, coming mm -hmm. up and learning from my mistakes, but now we have YouTube, we have Instagram, and we could share those uh, mistakes with the viewers. So they, there's certain things that we experience that we wouldn't ever want to do again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you you got in, you you guys got in there, took a couple months. Did it rent out right away for you? And was mm -hmm. that what year was that? 2014. 2014. Okay, mm -hmm. so about eight years ago. I furnished the place and rented out as a high-end furnished rental. Ooh, so it was, uh, yeah, it was really good. The rent was really good. And how I kept get, that how'd, place. How'd you get that idea to furnish it? Um, I think my agent, she, 
knew somebody who was doing that in the area, and、mm-hmm. that person was、um, able to get a very good rent from, even though it's just a one-bedroom condo. Okay. So she she gave me that idea to、mm-hmm. furnish it and make it look、um, luxurious. So someone in your network said,、mm-hmm. "Hey, there's another one. They're furnished and making it luxurious,、mm-hmm. um, and、mm-hmm. I'm sure the rent was a lot better because it looks、yeah. so nice." Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So、awesome. the my my tenants were like,、um, like business professionals. They travel、mm-hmm. and they stay at one place, or consultants were. Like they stay in one place for a few, a couple of months, and they the company pays for their expenses, so they can afford a place that's more expensive than a unfurnished place, but also a lot more convenient than it's like Airbnb, right? I was like just thinking that. Kitchen, I was just get, gonna say that. Yeah. yeah. So you bigger you had space an than a hotel for the Airbnbs, basically, because it's not really Airbnb. It's more. It's a little longer term. Airbnb like what you would can you rent say, for a few days, right? Um. Well, it is changing now, though, Elisa, because some of us we have like midterm where they rent for three months.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... you can choose to do longer term, but、mm-hmm. like for me, it was just too much work to if I rent it out for a few days. Oh, so gotcha, gotcha. My, the shortest term was like two, three months, I think. Okay, and like you said, they do pay a premium because we、mm-hmm. are experiencing that with our short-term rentals, where you know they may come for three months as traveling nurses, and、mm-hmm. you know now we could charge them like a two hundred dollars a day versus like fifteen hundred for the month. So, and they're、yeah. fully furnished. You have all your Everything you would need is provided. So,、mm-hmm. um, yeah, I、that. have an Airbnb right now, and the rent I get is about six thousand dollars a month. Versus,、okay. if I were to rent it unfurnished, it would be like two, three thousand a month. Hundred percent. So it sounds、difference. like you're like three times your、uh, money, the velocity、mm-hmm. of money. So, we personally, Elisa, since the last time you and I spoke.、Um, We converted all our long-term rentals to short-term because、mm-hmm. everything、That's、that、smart. we owned did so well short-term. We're like, why would we do long-term? And、mm-hmm. so it's it's been very、um, cool the transition to see, just like you mentioned, the velocity of money is so much greater in the、mm-hmm. short term. Right.、Um, so 2014, you got that rental. And then, did you and your boyfriend buy more properties after that, or did you wait till seventeen? No, get... I actually.、Um, that's when I started looking into house flipping. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, I took some courses and I went to a lot of meetings. I started、uh-huh. learning about it, and then、um, I flipped my first house in twenty seventeen. Excellent. So you went to a lot of educational meetups,、mm-hmm. things of that nature,、mm-hmm. in San Francisco, or where, like where? Yeah, you... in in the Bay Area. In the Bay Area, excellent. Because、mm-hmm. that's one of the keys that we always recommend to folks just getting into it.、Um, 
go to your local meetups, go surround yourself with people that are mm-hmm. already doing it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Elisa, but we have a lot of free pop-ups where people could come and see our Airbnb process. And it's a smaller nice. intimate group. So it's a good way to really connect with other people that are in the same boat, you know, just trying to learn mm-hmm. the business. Um, yeah, was there one nice. mentor in particular that you found their education that you gravitated towards? Yeah, I, um, I have a mentor. Um, he's at the time he was already very experienced. He mm-hmm. had, he already, um, was flipping houses for many years and he's very generous with his knowledge and his time. And, um, I actually brought him in on my first deal and um from my first deal i really learned a lot so that was a jv with a experienced investor Mm -hmm. who had been doing it very successful for many years i think that's Mm -hmm. another great piece of advice like because Mm -hmm. it's scary trying to do anything for the first time right like there's so many unknowns so by going in with your friend it's kind of mm-hmm. a security blanket because you know you're not mm-hmm. gonna fall in the pool and he he's gonna help you up right so <laughs> that that's great way to start and then with that what year was that 2017 yeah it was 2017 yeah and did how did it go fine i so the reason i do this um real estate financially it's great but the freedom of time for me was the biggest thing why i got into real estate and um the financial part behind it's amazing but again you have to love what you're doing i feel and you Mm -hmm. have to do something you're passionate about so you you got into that property you liked it um how did the financial um once you got that check how did you did you feel a certain way? What was your like experience after you guys flipped that, that property? Um, it was a nightmare. Okay. So that <laughs> Everything did, it that did... could go wrong, went wrong. Wow. Yeah, it was Interesting. A, a really okay. Stressful experience. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wow. Wow. I wasn't expecting to hear that, but that's real talk <laughs> because Things Uh do blow up on flips, right? Like some things are out of our control. So what happened Mm -hmm. on that first deal with him? Um, it was not my mentor. My mentor was tremendous help for the flip. If it wasn't for him, I probably would have lost money on the deal and never want to do it again. Uh (laughs) So, um, it was mainly the contractor. So I didn't Mm. find a good contractor and um, the contractor was trying to, so he commit to a lower price, Mm -hmm. lower rehab price in the beginning. And then later on, he was trying to um, use up charges to, to actually make money on the project. Mm -hmm. So that, um, um, the budget went up and then the, he also I've delayed on the job yeah. and then he was trying to, um, it was almost like a scam. So uh-huh. he was saying, oh, the part of the house was not permitted, even though it was. And then um, I had to hire a structural engineer, which is his friend 
to look into oh. the structure of the house, but the structure was sound. Wow. And there was no issue with it. Yeah. Uh -huh. So it took longer, I think two months longer, and then it cost a few thousand dollars more. And then, yeah, it was just a, a scam. So that that's a giant lesson for all of mm -hmm. us. Like when you're hiring someone, I learned this too, Elisa, don't take their word, go see a couple of their projects, go see their work, mm -hmm. the quality, because mm -hmm. I mean, you, and all of a sudden they increase their price when you have this agreement and I've been there too. So having a couple contractors, subcontractors that you know their work and you know you could work with them and they're honorable, that makes house flip. I mean, cause again, they're a big part of house flipping, right? They mm -hmm, need mm -hmm. to do their work. So I'm like, so you, you were just pulling your hair out. Did you want to do it again after? I mean, cause that, I mean, sometimes that I, happens. I, yeah. It was really stressful. Mm -hmm. I, I hated parts of it, but then I still enjoy most of the experience, like transforming an older, rundown home into a like a new dream home it, it was a very rewarding experience so i still enjoy the most of the experience other than the contractor part so i made mm. sure the next time i do it i i find a, a reliable contractor did you guys make any money on that first deal yeah we actually made eighty thousand. Oh, okay. So that makes life <laughs> a lot easier, Elisa. I uh, thought you said I, I you think, were going <laughs> to. Yeah, I need to uh, give you a little context. So in the Bay Area, because home prices are so high, mm -hmm. usually um, you target a six-figure profit on your Right, on your I've flips seen you because, do that in your Yeah, because YouTube. home prices are over a million dollars. And if you make less than 100000 on a deal, it's like it's not worth it. So right. you usually target over a hundred thousand, but, um, initially I thought the deal, it was a good deal. Like I could make over a hundred thousand, but then because of the delays and the, um, the construction cost going up, it actually, the profit was not as good as we expected. Right. So right. it was, and... it was not bad, but it, it was not as good as it could be. Right, right. Because dealing with conflict and the uneasiness with someone that's supposed to have your back per se in the house, that's, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. very, very, um, it takes a lot of perseverance. And so that's amazing. You made 80,000, first of all, and hats off probably to your mentor who really mm -hmm. guided you through that, that whole mm -hmm. process. Um, yeah. My mentor, Jerry, back in oh, 2008, 2009, during that, you know, financial crisis, like mm -hmm. if it weren't for him, it would have been very, very difficult. And it was difficult, but he having that mentor who's done certain things, it just made it a little more palatable. Um, so mentors for sure. definitely make a giant difference. So. One mm -hmm. of your mentors, I feel, was like HGTV, which a lot of people watch now for ideas and stuff like that. So was that like your go-to early on, getting your creative design ideas, or how did you kind of? Um, yeah, I uh -huh. um, 
I still get design ideas from HGTV and from anywhere, <laughs> from Pinterest, right. from uh, house.com. Yeah, it, uh -huh. I think you, when you are, um, when you know what you're looking for, you, you really can get great ideas anywhere. 100%. Yeah, we talk about that all the time, the power of focus. Mm -hmm. So if you know where you're mm -hmm. going, you're going to get there. But if you don't know what you want, you, you probably be all over the place. You're just looking, you are just watching HGTV for fun. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. There's always a purpose when we watch it though. So, um, hey guys, quick announcement. I just launched my new passive income accelerator course. In this course, you'll learn how I built my Airbnb portfolio to 10 properties and growing while amassing three to $5,000 per property per month. If you want to learn more, go to piaaccelerator.com slash go and sign up for the early bird special. And now back to the podcast. 2017, did you do another flip that year or did you, how did that? So I actually found another good deal that year, but I didn't have the bandwidth. I didn't have the money to fund it. I didn't have any time to manage it. So I um, actually partnered with another investor, another new investor who funded the deal. And oh, I, I was just getting a small portion of the profit. I, I love that, Elisa, because one of the objections that we hear a lot is like, I don't have the money to get into house flipping Airbnb. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. was that, did that even cross your mind or how did you conquer that fear that a lot of people it's, have? It's a little stressful. Like when uh -huh. you don't have the money and you come across a good deal, it's, you are, you're like, Oh, where, <laughs> how am I going to do it? <laughs> right. And then you, you just have to get out of your comfort zone. It's hard to, it's difficult to go to people to ask for money or ask for a partnership when you don't have the capacity to do it yourself. But mm -hmm. I just decided to, to email everybody I know who's, who's in the go. business and see if anybody's interested in picking up the deal. And for me, you know, when I first started, I didn't have that kind of money either. So locking up that deal, which, you know, other people will want to be part of and just understand that you have a network. So explain it to them. And then all of a sudden someone approached you or someone responded and you were able to fund that, that next deal. It sounds like. Mm -hmm. So again, that limiting belief of not having the money, I feel like that's, that's a no, no, at least in my brain, if you really mm -hmm. want to do this business, get into it, mm -hmm. locking down the property that makes sense on the numbers. You got to know the numbers and then the, mm -hmm. there's money all over the place, right? Like the yeah, money's going to come. That's very you, just true. Have to, you just have to present the plan to your friends, family, whoever you emailed. I don't know how many people you email, but that was me too. Like just networking with people that had money to help, you know, I was the guy doing everything else, but we needed to bring in the money. Yeah. It's, um, it's very true that a lot of people, especially beginners, they just 
because they don't have the money, they just think they can't do it. But I actually came across that issue again early on in my career. Um, I just had too many deals all of a sudden. I had like six um, properties that I wanted to buy, but I didn't mm -hmm. have the money to fund all of them. So um, I was able to get pri private money. So I usually use a hard money loan to fund most of the purchase price. And okay. I use my own money to fund the rest. But um, in that case, I just, I got private money to fund the like 10, 15% of the purchase price that's not covered by hard money. And I thought it was, it would be, um, impossible for me to, as a beginner, I was not that experienced at the time to find money to, to find people who are willing to let So me wait a minute, wait a minute. Then, so you would borrow what 85% through hard money. Is mm -hmm. that how you would do mm -hmm. your deals? And then mm -hmm. you would need another 15% cash to close on the property. So you would borrow mm -hmm. private money. So basically mm -hmm. you have a hundred percent financing on the deal. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's so, amazing. yeah. So that was, um, the first year when I was doing it full time in 2018, uh -huh. I was laid off at the end of 2017. Oh, so, so you got forced out of your job. <laughs> you basically got yeah, fired or laid off, however you want to call it. But I bet, mm -hmm. bet. Cause you were like hanging on to that false security probably. And like you said, it wasn't mm -hmm. your passion. So I'm sure no. it was a blessing. Like you said. Yeah, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. That's, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and that's the way the universe works sometimes. Like you don't mm -hmm. have to force things and things just happen. And at that time, I don't know how you felt, but like it's, it was probably scary, but like now you're, you're crushing at a house flipping and you've been at it, what, four <laughs> years full time now? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Four years. And I love That's, it. <laughs> <laughs> is it all in the San Francisco area? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I like investing in my backyard. I know um, it really depends on your preference. A lot of people are comfortable investing out of state, mm -hmm. but I, I, I just I'm more comfortable in my backyard. I've always been that person, too, because I like to see the property drive by. Um, mm -hmm. I've never done anything out of Arizona, um, mm -hmm. in 23 years, but with Airbnb business, VRBO, whatever platform you would like to use. The great thing is with that model, Elisa, you fix it up, you renovate, you get your staff, your house cleaner, you get your handyman, then you're done with it. So I switched from flipping two and a half years ago when we met. All I do right now is short-term rentals because mm -hmm. you know how it is. I mean, you're, you have energy. I know you just had a baby. Um, so you really have to figure out a way to have systems in place with house flipping. Mm -hmm. So you're not there all the time. How has that worked in the last four years as far as, you know, evolving, I actually have a pretty home? good system for my uh -huh. flipping business. I think I work probably only like 10 hours a week on my That's flips. Awesome. 
Yeah, I, I do a lot of, I have a lot of extracurricular <laughs> activities. <laughs> Good, like the, as you YouTube should. YouTube channel and uh -huh. um, social media and um, the book. Yeah, I let's say, I noticed you yeah. just published a book. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell our viewers a little bit about um, how that all came into play and what that's about? Sure. Yeah, the book is called Flipping Houses Quick Start Guide, and it tells you pretty much everything about house flipping, every aspect. Mm -hmm. So it's designed for beginners. And um, if you are in a more um, higher level, like if you've done a couple, you can still learn from the book. So it really summarizes my five years of experience in house flipping. That's amazing. What made you want to write a book, Elisa? Um, I, the publisher actually approached me. Okay. <laughs> so this publisher called Clyde Bank Media, they mm -hmm. are a, a boutique publisher in based in New York, and they have this um, the series of books called Quick Start Guys. This oh, that's their okay. trademark, and um, they have uh, quite a few um, bestsellers on Amazon. The Quick Start mm -hmm. Guys, like. Um, about personal finance, about investing. Um, and they, they had this idea. I, I didn't really think about writing a book at the time. <laughs> it uh -huh. was like a year ago when I just had, a, had my baby. Right, right. Yeah, and they approached me. And I, I like that idea because I've been doing social media, doing YouTube videos for a while. And my goal is to help more people to get started in real estate investing and achieve financial freedom. So I think um, YouTube videos are great that it's like it's part entertainment, it's part education, but um, it's not as structured as a book can be right mm -hmm. in the book you can have all um all different parts of or the the whole process of house flipping laid out uh, with details like how you do this part how you do that part and my share my experiences and um, real life flipping examples but uh, in the youtube video because of how long they usually are it's hard to <laughs> to do it in that detail and in that and structure. If you guys haven't seen Elisa's YouTube channel, definitely, definitely go there. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. How do they find that again, Elisa? Uh, it's transform real estate, transform real estate. My, okay. My channel name. Yeah. Excellent. And I know you and I were talking before the podcast and you're really passionate about like reaching all different countries all different places with YouTube and that's mm -hmm. that's super cool how you could get the word out on house yeah yeah it's amazing that um, like with internet you can just <laughs> you can reach <laughs> such a broad I audience. know I know and think you know the pandemic was tough and it was tough for me a lot of people but one of the blessings behind that is we got on Instagram we met yourself we met people from all over the country doing real mm -hmm. estate. So it's been, mm -hmm. it's been a great journey. And uh, now we're out to doing live meetups and traveling and all that good stuff. So it's, it's, awesome. it's always moving and changing. So mm -hmm. the book is on Amazon, you said? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's already a number one new release on Amazon. Number one. Wow. wow. <laughs> In the real estate investing category. Yeah. Fantastic. And how was that whole process? I'm imagining it's your first book. How was that whole process? Are you a good writer or did that just <laughs> I flow? I had some or help. How? Okay. <laughs> I, I had um, ideas and I have stories, but um, I the good thing about working with the publisher is they give me, like it was a team that supported 100%. the creation of the book. There, uh, We had writers, we had editors and graphic designers, project manager, yeah, so we were all, we all it's put all, a lot of effort into this book. So I'm and, really proud that, of it. That is amazing. And that's mm-hmm. big on Cut the Curve. Team is everything, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a solo entrepreneur for many years, trying to do things myself didn't always work. You can't so. be good at everything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. We did create a course recently on um, passive Congrats. income. And so that was a team effort though. We, it took Mm -hmm. six months and we made all the modules. We had our copyright, the best copyright in the country. I believe we had our video guy. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, like on the book, it's, it's team, it's collaboration over Mm -hmm. competition. And that's, what's great too nowadays where when I first started, it was a lot of competition, but I feel at least in Arizona, I don't know how it is in the Bay area. A lot of us collaborate on deals and doing things. How does it go out in San Francisco area? Do you have like different people you work with investors and stuff like that? Um, I, I have my mentor and I have, um, my network of other investors that, um, I'm friends with and, Uh um, we have, we go to events and um, like, I always try to get more people started in real estate investing because I think it's um, the abundance mindset. mindset. It's not a zero sum game, right? There are, right. There, there are so many deals, even if 100%. I, everybody could get their own deals and then there are still more deals to be had. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And if you're trying to, yeah, compete that way and think the lack mentality, it's, I mean, I'm not in, like, I'm not going to be working with that person because it has to be that give and take abundance. And it really is. Mm -hmm. There's so many houses that need work and Mm -hmm, so much mm -hmm. opportunity, like you said. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about your properties because we're sitting in Arizona. So I know in the Bay Area, real estate has been inflated. I mean, that area, Hawaii, you know, that's a pretty high ticket number. How much appreciation did you guys experience the last year? Do you you know as far as the number? Uh, It depends on the location. In some locations, I think it was probably um, 20, 30%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Arizona, Arizona, we had all the California people coming over that were <laughs> pushing up prices. Who moved I'm to sh- Arizona. <laughs> yeah, because it used to be affordable, but it it's, uh, I'll tell you what, the rents, if people move here and have to rent, 
the rents have just gone through the roof. So it's um, it's good that we're it's having good for you. <laughs> it, it is good as an Airbnb host, and but uh -huh. like um, again, as you know, we couldn't sustain it. So now we're we're stabilizing with the inflation, everything, and I think that's going to be good for us as wholesalers, investors. Um, mm -hmm. So there is some positive with the the economy, um, inflation, and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. so what is your average size deal in the Bay area right now? Um, the purchase price is like a little bit over a million. Over a million. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the after repair value is 1.4 or higher. Okay. Yeah. So the goal is to hit about a hundred for like a hundred. So because of the market shift, um, I'm actually targeting a higher profit, like a 15%, oh. 13 okay. to 15%. Usually like I'm happy with a 10% return. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm also running the numbers very conservatively. I don't use the highest comps. I, I usually, um, use a very conservative comp to make sure that, um, even if the market has a little small shifts, it's still, my profit is still um, guaranteed. But in mm -hmm. a changing market, I'm even more conservative. I want to make sure that whatever happens to the market, I can still at least break even. Okay, okay. So with the shift, are you, tar you're targeting more profit now, you said? 15%, yeah. Excellent. Just in case something does. Mm -hmm. um, and it, the, the ARV that I'm using is not the highest comp that from gotcha. the last couple of months, it's more from like a year ago. <laughs> I'm looking right. at, yeah, I'm looking at uh, comps that were sold a year ago. Okay. So that's before the market went on, like the, the craziness happened in the market. Yes. Um, so out in your area too, is it shifting as far as days on the market? Um, yeah, in, we definitely, uh -huh. we're seeing more inventory and um, buyers are hesitant because their affordability has gone down a lot with the higher interest rate. And, right. um, but, but um, there are still good demand. Mm -hmm. The the mm -hmm. thing with housing is, especially in the Bay Area, there's always people moving into the area and there's not enough properties. <laughs> I mean, I feel that's like with Arizona too, because it's, there's it's, such a demand. I think it's the same pretty much everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Because the population is growing so quickly, but the land doesn't grow. <laughs> you right. can't have more land. <laughs> Right. So what would you say to someone that, you know, read your book, maybe they are following you on YouTube, they, they're brand new, they're at their nine to five, they, they want to get in, but now they hear about this, um, the market shift is now mm -hmm, a good time mm -hmm. for them to start investing or what would you tell them on their first fix and flip? 
I think um, with house flipping, contrary to popular beliefs, <laughs> people think house flipping is so risky. I think if you know what you're doing, it's not that risky. Um, real estate yeah. in general is just not as risky as the stock market, right? Or Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go like right. that. <laughs> you I don't know. Go through I know. a roller coaster ride in a day. <laughs> For yeah, sure. So yeah. it's not risky if you educate yourself like you and I have done where you have mm -hmm. a mentor to go mm -hmm. to and mm -hmm. the numbers are very important too. You have to understand what ARV means. That's after mm -hmm. repair value. You have to know how much money you have to put into the house. So it's not as risky as people would make it look on the media or someone right. that isn't in what we do. Uh -huh. And, um, with house flipping, you are actually on both sides of the market. You have to purchase the house and you have to sell the house. So you are on both ends. If the market goes really well, then it's, it's good for you because it's very easy to sell the houses and you sell at a premium. And mm -hmm. if the market is softer, then it's easier to find good deals. So you actually, you can take advantage of, yeah. You, you, you shouldn't lose. <laughs> exactly. But that fear that people tell them that don't really know, like that's what stops people. I feel mm -hmm. like, oh, my aunt told me this about this situation, but they're not actually in it. So listen to someone like Elisa or <laughs> myself who, who does it right. Like right. daily, like we're mm -hmm. in the, in the, you know, the boots of it, the, on the ground. So. Um, I'm curious, Elisa, because you said you spend about 10 hours per week. It sounds like you're Tim Ferriss over there, the four-hour <laughs> work week. <laughs> I love Tim Ferriss. He's, I think he's from the Bay Area, isn't he? Do you know uh, Tim Ferriss? I, I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know where he's from. <laughs> I, 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 I know he – oh, maybe, no, no. He was from Jersey, but I – and then he went to Princeton, but, like, he he's – you know, the four hour work week. So point being is you have your business system set up now where how many properties do you do like at a time and, you know, working 10 hours sounds very, yeah, usually very nice. it's between three to six, but now I'm like, I went a little overboard. <laughs> now I have like 10 projects. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's fun. That's what, uh -huh. that's what I was saying. When the market is softer, it's actually good deals are all over the place. <laughs> right. Just, like to me, like when I see a good deal, it's so hard to pass on, <laughs> pass it <laughs> on. It's like, I have to buy it. <laughs> and facts, because like, you know, the good deals and you're like, I'm going to do well on this. I'm going to. Mm -hmm lock it up. So mm -hmm. with the, the time commitment, do you just have your teams all set up for each house or because the contractors is a big thing, right? Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. someone that's new that doesn't know a lot of contractors, but you seem to have found like people to help you with the renos. Yeah, I have a reliable contractor that I've worked with for a few years. So yeah, I know that he's managing all the projects and he's um, he knows how to how to make sure that it's done on time and he also doesn't go over the budget but he's not cheap 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah, but he's not the cheapest contractor by any means. But it seems like now you could do more deals because he is, you know, he's there. He's your eyes and ears, just kind of mm -hmm. like the housekeeping, the handyman for the Airbnb, because it's mm -hmm. important to have yeah. those teams, those people are part of your team. But the thing is, mm -hmm. I think it's trial and error. Like, hey, you know, Bob may work for Alicia, but, but not for Flip. So you have to get your people and try them and then mm -hmm. see who works well with your personality too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to make sure that you guys um, really like have a good working relationship and you reward them because they, mm -hmm. they are so important. They do good when they do good work, they, they need to get compensated. hundred percent. So do you like give them bonuses or mm -hmm, how do you mm -hmm. keep them engaged? Yeah. If I do well uh -huh. on a deal, I give them bonus. If they finish quickly, I give them bonus and I buy them lunch. Sometimes it's like you want them to, to be on your team, like you said, and the whole team needs to go towards the same goal. Same direction. Yeah. Cause if you're rowing the boat and they're going that way, you're going the <laughs> other way. <laughs> yeah. You need everybody, everybody's, um, goal needs to align, right? So Absolutely. We, we so in, in speaking about the areas that you work in, um, how far from where you live or your projects, like how far will yeah. you go a couple hours or an hour? I no, I actually, um, I try to, most of my projects are within like 15, 20 minutes of my house. That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 I yeah, don't want to waste my time on commute. Right, right. And it's interesting too, because right where you're at, there's, there's hundreds, there's thousands of homes. So why wouldn't you stay close to home? I've early on, I went like mm -hmm. two hours to this one property and I made money, but like that stress of driving, you know, two hours there, mm -hmm. two hours back, it was mm -hmm. like, no, it's, not, it's is not worth it. Only getting worse. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was in Coronado and, uh, I was able to um, drive off the island into San Diego only once in 30 days. So I didn't have to deal with traffic, but traffic in California and now Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not a big fun. fan. No. <laughs> not fun. Um, so a couple questions before we wrap up, Alicia, because this mm -hmm. is really, you know, meant for people that want to learn how to cut the curve, what would you tell them new flippers that are just in the game? Like, what would you recommend they do to get started? Because it took you a while to get out of corporate, but that situation eventually happened, whether it was your doing or someone else's doing. So mm -hmm. what would you recommend they, um, they're watching your videos, they're watching other people, but they, they haven't jumped in yet to wholesale, flip, Airbnb, whatever. There's so many different things they could do in real estate. What would you tell those, those new, new people that want to get in? I think it's smart to um, still keep their full-time job while getting mm -hmm. started so they don't feel so stressed out about their next paycheck. So you, you sure. can do it on the side, but you just need to, um, 
you just need to know what you want to do. Like, do you do you really want it? Do you really want to get into real estate investing or house flipping? If you are determined, then you need to put in the work. There's no shortcut. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do the dirty work. You do have to do the, and you have to step into it. Mm -hmm. The only shortcut I would say is the mentorship, like the people right. you surround yourself, the meetups, but mm -hmm. you still have to step into it. And one of the things I noticed a lot with those that don't succeed is right before they're about to succeed, they, they, they give don't up. give themselves enough, they quit. So mm -hmm. they don't give themselves enough grace, you know, enough time. Like, so I would definitely say, like you said, keep your, your nine to five. If you really want this and you're determined, you could do it, but, but set some realistic expectations on yourself because you're not going to get a Ferrari in like a year. Like, and mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. the other thing. Don't buy fancy dancy <laughs> things when you, when you make your first check. Right. Because right. You put, I mean, put money in the, in the next round. In the next house or you're mm -hmm. investing yourself. And instead of trying to think you hit it big with one deal, because <laughs> you know, it's, it's the consistency, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, Man, I learned a ton. I learned that the flipping business is still a, a sustainable business model from speaking with you and how you're handling your approach. So mm -hmm. that's, that's very cool. Um, where do you want people to reach out to you if they have questions on the, the podcast, if they want to, you know, talk to you more, where should they go? Um, I, they can go to my YouTube channel and transform real estate and they can follow me on Instagram. It's a little hard for me to get to everybody's questions oh, because sure. I get many emails a day. So, yes. um, if you comment on the, on the videos, on my videos, okay. I usually can see the, the comments and, um, I try to answer as many as I can. And I actually have a YouTube live. <laughs> But, oh, okay. but it's today. I don't know when this is getting posted. <laughs> um, I'll have to ask Isaac, but um, do, how, what is YouTube? I know Instagram live, but it's similar concept that do you go on there every week or how does no, that No, this is actually my YouTube? first YouTube live. So it's oh, um, okay. part of the, the book launch. We are uh -huh. doing this YouTube live where I'm answering questions live today at awesome. 4 p.m. Uh, it's in four hours. Nice. Yeah, 4 p.m. So um, Pacific time. Okay, excellent. Um, so this is our first virtual podcast. You got your first YouTube live. So there's yeah. always first in life. <laughs> awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, I had so much fun on the podcast here today. Thank and you. Me great too. catching up with you after two years, two and a half mm -hmm. years. And uh, this will be broadcast on our YouTube channel. And uh, so awesome. definitely we'll get you over the, the content. And for you viewers out there, thanks for watching us today. Um, we'll be back with episode 10. This is episode nine of Cut the Curve, where I interview mentors, moguls, and entrepreneurs. And Elisa hits all three of those. So um, 
definitely when you're out in Arizona, let us know and love to grab some coffee or something. But thanks again for, Thank for being here and congratulations on the book. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Talk soon, Elisa.